Hey guys, welcome to the Emetophobia podcast. Today on the podcast, I had Cleo. She suffers of emetophobia and she also has tics. You'll hear those in the podcast. Um, I think that's what makes her special. And I really, really enjoyed having her on the podcast. It was brave of her to come on and to kind of show her true colors. And um, I really, I really give her a lot of uh, honor for that. So uh, yeah, the in the podcast, we talk a lot about what the tics are like, what the emetophobia is like. We go over her background, her story. We talk about her next uh, like ten year plan. Uh, we do go over quite a few things in this podcast, and I really hope this will help somebody out there who is experiencing the same problems that she's experiencing. So, um, definitely a good episode. Thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for listening, and let's get into it. today good thanks how are you good good i'm swell i'm swell oh yeah i gotta go to work here in a couple hours so not looking forward to that but it'll be fun i always hate the night shifts but so um let's get right into it i want to hear backstory and maybe some childhood um what your childhood was like and just kind of tell me tell me your your story you know what i mean um sorry (laughs) No worries, no worries. So my emetophobia sort of started when, uh, before I could even remember. Um, So I remember hearing stories, my parents telling me that whenever they were sick or my brother was sick, um, that I would not go anywhere near them. Um, So my mom noticed when I was like three, maybe. Um, Beans. Oops, sorry. No worries. Um, no worries. She got sick and I didn't go near her at all. Um, so I'm not sure what like sort of started, um, made it start. Um, but I remember in when I was seven, maybe, um, I had a 24 hour bug and that sort of made it a lot worse. So like from then on, I would like have panic attacks and like anxiety attacks, being terrified that like someone would get sick or I would get sick. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that was pretty much the start of it. Uh, (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) No worries. I love it. Hey, it's it's okay. I want to talk about the ticks a little bit too. I want to just bring it up. I want to actually ask you, how do the ticks um, uh, and the emetophobia kind of clash together? Do they ever kind of fight with each other a little bit? Um, sorry, like what w- do you mean? Like um, when you when your emetophobia starts acting up and you get really anxious, do the ticks get worse? Can it, do they kind of feed off of each other in a way? Or I'm um, just curious. Weirdly, no. Um, so when I'm anxious from emetophobia, usually I barely tick at all. Um, beans probably because um uh that I don't know um I've heard like that when you are sick um are from other people that they barely tick which is probably what is happening to me even though I'm not sick um so I just kind of feel like that in a way (laughs) yeah 
So yeah, usually if I'm anxious about other things like exams or stuff, then I will tick a lot. <laughs> Just emetophobia, I don't. Gotcha. Yeah, I was always curious about that too, because um, yeah, I was I was looking through your your profile a little bit and kind of reading more up on it because I'm not super well versed. I don't know too much about it, so it's really cool to have you on the podcast and be able to kind of get this out and talk a little more about it because um, I don't think a lot of people know about the ticks and really where they come from or what they do. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, so let's get back on your story a little bit. How was like your childhood? Um, how was like going to school and stuff? How did the emetophobia affect you then? Um, back then, um, I wasn't. Sorry. Uh, back then, when I was younger, I didn't really phase me sort of that much because my mind wasn't really on it, like especially since I didn't know that it even had a word back then. Yeah. Um, so I would only really get anxious when if someone actually did do that, which was pretty common, especially in grade two. Um, so, yeah, then I would like try to avoid as many people and places as possible. Sure. Um, it sort of changed after I went to high school. Um, so, oh, beans, hello. Beans, oh, beans, sorry, I'm trying to, re re sorry, recall. Hey, no worries, hey, don't <laughs> be sorry at all. No sorries, no sorries here. Beans. I totally get it. Um, that, changed a lot mm -hmm. uh sorry I'm having a mind blank no worries so um uh how did uh, you explain this to your friends and maybe your teachers and the people around you in school did they were they pretty supportive of it or was it kind of hard to explain to them the emetophobia um it was pretty hard to explain it so especially since I didn't know the word and I couldn't say it as so I'm just like um like trying to explain to them that I have a fear of being sick but not like a cold sick and then like them being really confused but when I did um know the word I was like hey I have a metaphobia like if they're like talking about something that's triggering it I would like say please don't stop that it took a little while for them to understand especially since they're like oh they just hate that or like they just don't like it but no, it's like I was explaining, especially for my parents. Like, mm -hmm. I know how hard it can be to explain too, because I remember trying to explain it to my friends. They they did the same thing where they're just like, "Well, nobody likes that. Like, nobody wants to do that." So I'm like, "I, yeah. I get that, but like, I'm deathly afraid of it. Like, it, it literally is in my mind all day and night. You have no idea what I go through, and it's just so hard to yeah. explain to people sometimes." Yeah. Yeah, that even happens. <laughs> Beans. Uh, when I first went to counseling um, at school, I explained to them him that I had emetophobia and that I cannot stand it and like I'm terrified of it. And then he was just like, oh, no one likes that. And I'm just like, what? Like, yeah, we know that. But it's a, just, yeah, it's a phobia. It's, it's, I think that's what we always need to lead with is that it's a phobia. It's not just I'm afraid of this thing and it's scary to me. It's like, yeah. you know, I, have a, I have an actual phobia of it. Like, I'm deathly afraid of this thing. Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, so how has the, uh, how's your family and friends, they, they supported you though pretty well through the emetophobia or are they they're still kind of coming um, around? I think up until like grade eight, um, when it started getting worse um then they like sort of understood like okay this is a problem <laughs> um and so like it wasn't until this year that my dad understood it and a little bit later in 
2020 when my mum and my brother like had an idea of it and like started supporting me through it so yeah it was a bit tough like when I was younger like if I was like really anxious or like someone did that like someone in my family got sick um, I had no support um, especially like from them because they didn't know what was happening it's tough what about your friends are they pretty supportive oh uh, yeah they are um very supportive like they don't really understand what I go through which is okay they like try and help me as much as they can which I really appreciate that yeah that's good no, it's always good to have like at least some sort of support system that at least you can call somebody and just say hey I'm having a hard time like I just need to talk for a yeah, minute yeah so definitely it definitely does help for sure um so let me hear some advice for people who don't understand what ticks are and kind of just get into um, that side of things for a minute. Cause I also want to know, I want to like kind of learn more about them and, and maybe we can explain to the listeners a little bit more about them as well. Yeah. So um, ticks um, is something caused by the misfiring of neurons in the brain. Um, so say for example, like um, people with Tourette's, they have, um, so um they have a like uh I forgot what it's called but it's when a physical part of the brain is sort of like altered a bit so like they're born with it except symptoms um don't pursue until later on in life um and so it basically makes uh depending on the person um, whether they have um, vocal tics and or motor tics, um, it makes you do sounds, sorry, it makes you make sounds and movements that you don't want to make. Beans, hello. So they can sometimes be like full sentences and words um, and large movements, except Quite a lot of people can suppress them, whereas I'm terrible at doing that. Sure. Um, beans, hello. So yeah, um, there are many causes of ticks, um, such as Tourette's, um, FND, pans, pandas, um, anxiety, um, ADHD, autism, things like that. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. No, um, I've, I don't, I've never met anybody who's ever had them before. So it's, it's just really cool oh, to yeah? be able to have you on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. No, no, I think it's awesome. I think it's one of those things that like, it definitely makes you who you are for sure. And it's just, yeah. it's kind of like a metaphobia where it's like that we all have like weird quirks about us and those are just like what Beans. makes us, us. So that's really cool. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. How does, um, how does it affect daily life though? I mean, uh, do people usually understand it or are people kind of misinformed? um a bit of both um so like daily life with it um especially recently it's been pretty tough getting outside and stuff and last year in like term four um I was barely at school because of it it got so bad yeah. um and yeah like I stopped eating properly and stuff like that I'm slowly getting past that after um like things like CBT and that's and like hypnotherapy exposure therapy stuff yeah. like that well, um, let's get let's talk about that for one second real quick because um, I've been learning a lot of, about exposure therapy and I've been trying mm -hmm. to kind of preach that to people lately same with the CBT um, are, are you currently in counseling for that 
Uh, I have a therapist, so yes. Yes. Um, so, how how did you go about finding one, and was it a difficult process to get a therapist that kind of would help you out with these things? Um, I'm not really sure. My mom did most of the things, so. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Uh, beans. Hello. Um, we found like a local practitioner thingy place, um, where they have therapists and stuff like that, and psychologists, and we got a referral from my GP. And so we basically looked to see if there was any free spaces. And that wasn't until like October, 2020, sorry, October, 2021. Um, and we got it like uh, late May maybe, but luckily a few spots opened up before then. So yeah. Good deal. Good deal. And it's been helping you out pretty much. Have you been doing the exposure therapy and CBT? um not at the same time so like cbt has definitely been helping me and like manage my thoughts and stuff um and like trying to oh i guess i have been doing exposure so i'm like sort of exposing myself to the like slowly um to the like going out at least once a day even for like a few minutes um and trying to eat um <laughs> trying oops, sorry Beans, hello. Your day. Beans. Um, trying to expose myself like to eating meat and stuff. Um, and things that I find challenging to do. Um sorry, I lost my train of thought. No worries. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh what what kind of safe foods do you have currently? What are you, what are like some foods that um that what actually the better question is what kind of foods are you trying to eat more of that you haven't been able to eat in a long time? Um, I've been trying to eat like basically any type of meat, whether, I, whether that's beef, um, lamb, chicken, especially, yeah. um, beans, uh, rice, which I get pretty anxious about. Like, I'm not really sure. It's like basic, uh, just the general sort of thing. No worries. Um, I know we all have, usually have safe foods when we have metaphobia. So it's, it's interesting mm. to hear what people's safe foods are and what are foods that they're trying to eat again. Cause like, it's always all over the board. Some people are really into eating a lot of bread and stuff and, and can't eat any meat. Some people like only eat a lot of meat, and not a lot of vegetables. So it's, it's always interesting to hear what people are all into yeah. about food wise. So no, I, I've also had the same problems with food where I was very, um, I had a lot of problems with meat and a lot. Of, I didn't eat chicken or fish for a very, very, very long yeah. time. And so I finally recently started doing that. I started eating sushi again, which has been really good. Oh, yeah. Sushi. So it's been really hard to do, but once I got back into it, it's just been so simple. It just, it's kind of like that little form of exposure therapy over time. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so I have a quick question. What would you put in like a coping box? Like if you had a box that made you feel safe and you could have like a bunch of your most like safe little things inside of it, what would you put in there? Um, gum uh okay. i would have ginger um like whether that's like ginger gummy bears um i love that um yeah. um did i say essential oils nope. no i didn't essential oils. um uh i would have like i'm not sure uh i guess i would have like a lot of things to fidget with and like stuff to like distract myself like uh, like drawings and stuff like pencil and notepad <laughs> yeah. beans hello um I don't know like anything that can play music in there 
um, really yeah. helps with it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you play the piano. Do you are, have you played the piano for a long time? Um, not for a long time. No, so I'm pretty bad at it at the moment. But I thought it sounded um, really good. I, I I play the piano as well, but I'm more into. Oh, yeah. uh, I play like on on Fruity Loops. I don't know if you know it. It's like a um, online like um, it's called a digital audio workstation where you can like kind of oh, yeah? uh, you you plug your keyboard into your computer and then you play it and it like you can oh, change yeah. the sounds on the computer and then like upload mm -hmm. all the stuff and make music that way. So I did that for quite a few years, but um, I'm yeah. still like learning the A B C D E F G like on the keys and shit. So I'm not yeah. like super good at piano, but I definitely love mm -hmm. I love playing piano for sure. So that's really cool. Yeah, it was a bit easier for me um, since. I've been learning music theory since I was seven, I think. And oh, I've wow. been playing the flute for quite a long time. So like, it's just, but getting the techniques, right. Which I need to learn. What's it, what's an instrument you like, what's your like all time favorite instrument? The flute. Oh, yeah. Flute, flute and French horn. That's cool. Yeah. French horn's amazing. I'm a drummer myself. I've always liked the oh, yeah. like percussion. I like just, I have ADHD so bad. So I just like beating on things. That's great. So it's yeah, fun. no, I love that. No, music's a huge part. Does, does the music help mm -hmm. with the tics and the emetophobia and stuff too? Yeah, definitely. Like when I'm playing music, it, my tics completely stop. Like um, if I'm like having like a particularly bad day with my tics, things, um, like I would like pick up an instrument and I would start playing and it would calm down instantly. And like, they would be calm for the rest of the day, pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I can definitely feel that. It's kind of, I used to do the same thing with my anxiety would get really bad. I just like, it's, you can't be anxious when you're playing drums. It's like a huge release of uh, uh, happiness yeah. in your brain every time. So I really love that. Yeah, for sure. definitely. So, um, so what are some emetophobia wins you've had lately? Like some good stuff that you didn't think you could get over or do, and you've done it like, and you've done it lately what, what, what are some of those um things, if any um just i don't know getting out um i'm not sure um definitely eating more like meat um so like when i'm up with my dad's particularly because like i'm scared like to refuse anything right. um so like i've been eating quite a lot of meat when I'm up there which is really good especially I struggle with Mexican food and one night um we had Mexican um and that was really good like even though I was a bit anxious afterwards then like I'm still so proud of myself yeah that's really cool yeah I know what you mean though I, I'm, I have the same thing with Mexican food where it's like I don't really like a lot of the Mexican foods. So it's like when I do eat them, I'm very picky anyway. But then it's like sometimes like the meat and stuff, there's so much like it like almost gives me like heartburn in a way. And it would always make me feel yeah. kind of weird after I eat it. So I, I get what you're saying for sure. No. Um so what has your emetophobia or your tics or anything else in life? What has that held you back from doing so far? If anything. Um, it's held me back from doing quite a lot of things actually, whether that's like um like going on trips or stuff. Um, I missed out on grade nine camp last year because my anxiety got so bad. Um, and as well as as well as my takes. So I, yeah, that was pretty disappointing. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, it stopped me from going out all of the times to movies. Um, like I've haven't really been able to spend much time with like my, um, 
my mum or my brother if they're going to the movies because I'm just anxious that my ticks will be bad. Um, yeah. Is there is there any way to like make them stop or are they just totally random? Like, I'm just curious. Um, I'm not sure. Like, you can make them stop by suppressing, but that isn't particularly good. Um, yeah. I guess just like finding the right headspace and like feeling feeling calm sort of basically emotions play a lot with ticks and stuff so like if you're nervous or you're tired or you're really energetic or excited then your ticks would usually be like very um very really bad um but if you're like calm um and stuff then they would usually like stop um so that's the same with like playing music um you're usually calm and focusing while playing that so they would usually stop um does it uh does it mess with you sleeping as well does does it make it hard to sleep sometimes um getting to sleep yes it can be difficult depending on what kind of ticks you're having like the other night I had like a tick attack um when I was trying to get to sleep which is pretty annoying um so yeah um usually once you get to sleep then uh, the ticks don't bother you because you don't usually tick when you're sleeping. Um, it can happen, but it's not very common. <laughs> no, I get that. That's crazy. Um, I don't know how I would be able to go to sleep like that sometimes. That's because I know the emetophobia alone used to make it so I couldn't sleep. So it's like to have that on top of it would be kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. To deal with, so no, it's insane. Super insane. Um, so let's go back to music for a minute. Um, so what is it do you think about music that really kind of makes it all go away? Is it just, it's the soothing and just being calm or uh, I just, I know that when I played drums, it was like the only thing that would actually make me like feel calm and feel chill. And like, it was, it was a lot of like banging around and being crazy, but um, I also felt really calm and, and relaxed with it all. So um, I guess my question is like, what made you choose piano? Like, what was it about the piano and, and the, the horn that, or the, uh, did you say it was the flute? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about those two instruments that like appeal to you the most? Um, basically any instrument is like amazing to me. Like um, music is something that like I really enjoy and like has been with me like most, like pretty much my entire life. Um, so my mom played the flute as well when she was younger um and yeah it's it's sort of like clicked sort of like um the link between new music um like personally I want to play like all the instruments like they're like it's so amazing how like it's made and like the sound that they produce and like how you play it like it's so fascinating with me and yeah when I do play I just focus so much and it makes me so calm do you have any other hobbies besides playing music uh, yeah, I draw things. Okay. Um, like just quick sketches and stuff. Um, like say, if I'm like anxious or like worried or like um, in a bad uh, mental space, I would draw out my emotions, um, and it would make me feel a lot calmer. Um, so yeah, that's um, one of them. 
There you go. I don't really have many hobbies, to be honest. No worries, no worries. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm the same way where I'm very selective on what I like to do for sure. So mm-hmm. um, I always get lost in the questions here. I've, I always write down a few questions, but then I ask them in random order. So I'm like, which ones did I ask? Which ones did I not ask? Yeah. Um, so here's one I got. Um, how has the emetophobia and the attics, how have they affected the people around you? So um, I guess, yeah, just how, how, do, how, does, how do people take it? You know what I mean? Um, I get quite a lot of stares um, out in public and in school and stuff. So, yeah, when they when I first got them, like people were like looking at me really weird. Like she's like, she's got Tourette's, even though like it's not Tourette's. Um, so it's made my mom and like my family pretty worried about that, especially since like emetophobia has been declining a lot, especially in the past year. Um, and that's what caused the ticks. Um, so yeah, um, it's been really hard on my mom, I can tell. And like, it sort of makes me feel guilty in a way. Like I wish I could stop it. And like, um, so she would be a lot happier, but you know, that's, (laughs) you can't do that. No, I understand. Yeah. No, I think it's a really cool thing to have. I think it's something that you should definitely embrace and use it to your advantage yeah, in life. Because I think it's very important that like, I, I, it's one of those things where I think about it, like not a lot of people get to ever deal with this and like you get to, and that's really cool that like you have something like this that's so unique about you because a lot of people in this yeah, world are definitely. kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. Like people are yeah. kind of boring. So it's like to have something that's exciting like that, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. Mm, definitely. What is your dream job? Where would you want to work if you could work anywhere? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> um, a tough one. Yeah, um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, heading into a music career, whether that's performance, um, teaching, even though like I never even thought about teaching before um, or like or something um, going into like the um, like the health career. Like um, I'm pretty keen on the idea. I'm sorry. I'm pretty keen on the idea of like, Uh, doing therapy or neurologists and things like that like I just find like um things like with the brain so interesting especially like with disorders and stuff and like especially like with the ticks I found that fascinating yeah no I'm I'm super into the brain as well and there's a show I listen to on YouTube called impact theory if you ever want to check it out it's, it's just they talk to a lot of like um, just elite people, I guess, like very high up people in whatever they're doing. Yeah. And there was one guy who was a brain scientist and he basically was explaining how you can take memories, bring them back up in your brain, rethink about them in a different way. And it kind of trains your mind over time to be able to think about things like, so say there's like an emetophobic thing that happened to you where somebody got really sick. Instead of thinking about the fact that they got really sick, you can bring that memory back up, think about it back through, and then just kind of like pick and choose one little thing you that you remember about that memory. Like, oh yeah, the building next to us was red. And that was a nice colored building. I like that building. And then just then oh, yeah. completely quit, quit thinking about it again. And now as time goes on, you'll start to bring those memories back up and you won't think about the negative thing that was in the memory so much. You'll think about that, that positive thing or that random neutral thing that you just brought up in your mind out of nowhere. So it's just kind of like a little hack for your brain that if you don't want to think about super traumatic things, you can kind of bring the memory back up and we can kind of recreate the memory. And it happens a lot better and a lot uh, more efficiently right before bed. So it's kind of like a little yeah. file system that if you do it right before bed, as you go to sleep, your brain kind of takes all of the ideas, 
and all of the thoughts from the day and it kind of sorts them all out into different parts of your brain where they kind of get held or they get lost or they get you know it's the important uh, priority things stay first everything else kind of goes to the back of the brain and gets kind of lost so it's just kind of cool that you can bring up your own mind and uh, kind of train your brain and, and it's like a muscle you know you, you can train it so mm-hmm. it's kind of sweet yeah. to think about that and they have a new way too. this guy from Japan I guess created a way that they can um like recreate your dreams so like as you sleep they can show your dream on a screen like what you're dreaming about i don't know how like you know accurate it is but supposedly they're pretty close to being able to do it like watching a movie on a screen which is kind of crazy to think wow. about so that's, they're, they're getting, that's really cool yeah they're getting very advanced yeah the brain's really cool mm. um i did make a podcast the other day too um with uh, david yusko and he was talking a little bit about um, like neuroscans and brains and things. It was interesting to me because like we are born with a metaphobia, which I never knew that, yeah. which is kind of cool. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Yeah. So these things aren't like learned. It's things that it's like a fight or flight response that's in our brain when we're born. So that's kind of interesting to think about. So it's not your fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're born with it. Yeah. So it's very interesting stuff. Do you have any animals? Yeah, I have. I have a dog that's a bit over six months now. So we got a, um, uh, she's a Labrador. Um, We got her just after I developed ticks. Um, So we've been wanting one, but um, for a while, but we couldn't really get one since like the houses we were in were like rentals. Yeah. Um, uh, But yeah, it took like two years um, in the making. Um, But yeah, she's helped me a lot through yeah like how, really what, hard times. what is uh how does she help you out is she just like comforting um, she kind of comes up and hangs out with you when you're in a bad mood or something yeah she does yeah, yeah she's very playful and stuff and she like distracts me from like my anxious thoughts and stuff um I've also been training her to do um DPT or deep pressure therapy um so like when I'm anxious I would say come on and she would lay across my lap so I feel calmer that's really cool and so yeah, that's been helping a lot. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I, we have a cat, so he, he kind of does his own oh, thing yeah. every once in a while, but he, he's, he's great. Sometimes I'll just pick him up and he's a big old guy. So we can just, I just, I grab him all up and I just lay him on my chest and I'll just pet his stomach and he just lays there. He loves it. So he's great. Yeah, yeah I love my cat for sure. So what is your um, like next, let's say like five to 10 year plan? What, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Just curious. Hopefully in my own house. Oops, sorry. <laughs> beans. Um, whoop, beans. Um, I honestly have no clue. Like I could be anywhere. Um, hopefully um, my emetophobia and anxiety will be a lot less severe. Um, if not like completely gone, which I know will take a long time. Yeah. Um, um, beans. Um, I don't know. It's a tough uh, one, isn't it? I know it's hard for me to think yeah. about where I'm going to be in 10 years even. <laughs> but uh, do you have any advice for anybody with emetophobia or with ticks that could uh, use some advice right now? Um, beans, um, it won't last forever. Um, like if you're particularly anxious, um, like any time, um, it won't last forever. Um, it, you will get past this eventually, um, even though it feels like it doesn't. Um, and don't lose hope either, because um, there's a lot of good things um, that's, that can happen in your life and you don't want to like miss out 
on any of those um, opportunities. Um, <laughs> beans. Um, if you have ticks and or emetophobia, um, basically, yeah. Um, if anyone like judges you for it, then legit don't listen to them. <laughs> They're like really. Um, <laughs> but beans, hello. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, if beans. Um, if anyone very judges you for, for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very. Um, if anyone judges you for that, um, then I'm first of all, I'm sorry that's been happening. Like that's happened to me before, and it's obviously not great. Um, but yeah, there's no use listening to them. If anyone thinks you're faking it, then what? what's the what's the point um so yeah don't worry about people that are that think that you're faking anything um if you are faking you won't be worrying about faking anything so yeah. um so yeah don't don't listen to these people <laughs> yeah you can't see pain that's what somebody's always told me is like yeah no matter how bad my metaphobia gets, like I'm going to just sit here and, and deal with it. You know what I mean? But like, you can't see yeah. what's going on in my head, which is kind of crazy. So it's just, it's one of those things you got to deal with it yourself if you can. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Where uh, do you want to share with, with people where they can find you at? Um, you can, oh, I have a lot of different social media platforms. Um, you can find me at um, sick of ticks um, on Instagram um, which is an awareness page for emetophobia and ticks. Um, and yeah, <laughs> beans. I can, I can link that down below as well, for sure. So yeah. people can find you. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to say before we head out? Um, beans. Hello. Um, not really. Beans. <laughs> All set. Beans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Well, it was really nice having you on. Thank you so much. You did a, yeah, you a fantastic job. Fantastic job. Thank you. Awesome. All right. I'll, I'll be uh, posting this one up either tomorrow or the next day. I'll let you know for sure. I'll send yeah. you a, okay. You'll see it on the Instagram. So yeah. All right. We have a wonderful night. Well, day for you, I guess, but <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye. Beans. Bye. Hell yeah, guys. Another podcast in the books. If you want to find Cleo, you can find her over on Instagram at sick.of.ticks. Ticks is spelled T-I-C-S. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Cleo. I really appreciate it. Um, very brave of you to come on and really show people what it's like and to explain your story to everybody. Um, I really, really appreciate that. If you want to find me, you can go over to the Emetophobia podcast on Instagram. I have a link tree there. kind of gives you all my links. Um, you can also go to emetophobias.com or you can send me an email at theemetophobiapodcast at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.